I remember a time before the Cascade dried up. Here, in Verticello, the four nations of plant and bug people flourished and thrived. But the great waterfall that fed the land slowed to a trickle, revealing a vast salt sea and unknown islands. The only guide were the words of the 13 dried carvings. The water will slow to fall, but the tides are turning. Find the infinite lake to replenish the world and discover the salmon who will grant you a wish of whatever you desire. This marks the beginning of the tide, as many green folk hauled on the ships to find the infinite lake and maybe riches, adventure, excitement, and purpose along the way. And what exactly is a salmon? Is that a berry? That was 50 years ago, and the tide rushes forward ever still. There are many stories caught on the wind between sails, but why don't we hear just one? Of a butterfly gunman with clipped wings, a ripened and explosive piece of produce, and a witch made out of tea. This is Join the Party Campaign 3, The Rising Tide. I'll sing you a song that all green folk know. Until, until the waterfall's home. That only began 50 years ago. It's Julia. Eric, hi. hi. What's going on? Oh, not much. You know, just recording an episode of Join the Party. You know. Oh, weird. Yeah. Why am I here? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Send you to stand in who does all of your recording for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, that is a good point. We are here by ourselves. Uh, let's just make sure that no one else is on the call. Julia, can you say the secret word? Pistachio. Okay, we're safe. We're in the clear. All right, all right. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good. We're good. Yeah. So, yeah, Julia, I would love to, you know, see something that happened to Cammy a little while ago. Oh, okay. Something I've been thinking about, and we've definitely been talking about. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to play cool, man, but you're ruining my vibe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the rising tide, the era that we're currently in of pirates in the Great Salt Sea, it happened 50 years after the Cascade dried up. So I would love to take a look at something that happened to Cammy. ACD, uh, after the Cascade dried up, uh, let's say ACD three or four. Huh, okay. Yeah. I'd love to take a look at your hometown, where Cammy's from. Let's look at the farming village in the open fields of fruit in hand. Because, of course, a fruit in the hand is worth two on the bush. Sure. That's the full name of the town. They just shortened it. It is. It is. But sometimes, you know, people from out of open fields don't understand the importance of full names. So they're just like, fine, you could just call it fruit in the hand. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, maybe in open fields, maybe they don't have the same idea of days that we do. Because it's like, you know, 
the whole country is very into farming and is the main reason why their mm-hmm. well their existence and the, well their whole world kind of revolves around farming and uh, the religion and the community that builds around that. So I guess it's just it's a regular working day for Cammy and the people of Fruit in Hand. I think the first thing that happens is that the the eggplant rooster crows <laughs> at four in the morning as soon as the sun peaks over the uh, horizon, which is you know entirely flat just plots as far as the eye can see. Uh, what do you think Cammy does as soon as she gets up? I think it's chores. Sure. You know, when the sun rises, it's time for chores. And it has been stressed to Cammy how important it is to keep up with, like, maintenance of the farm and everything like that because the world relies on open fields in order for it to survive. Like, people wouldn't have food if the people of open fields did not farm it for them. Pacasis and moccasies. Like, Ebony, you make sure to pet the fern cows very nicely. You know Bessie was having a hard time last night, hasn't eaten anything for two days. Oh, well, we have to do something about that. I'm sure I can convince her to eat something. Oh, you have such a good... You're so good with Bessie. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, Thank you, Amity. Appreciate it. Of course, Mama. I'm both your mom and your pa. We have the same voice. I'm sorry. <laughs> it can be either one of us. We're one of those people who marry each other. Mm-hmm. I just want to find myself, and then I, they're my partner. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I think 13 year old Amity uh, running around. Yeah. What are Amity's morning chores? Milking the fern cows, obviously. You have to gather the eggs from the eggplant chickens, which is a very funny joke. Thank you, Eric. Um, <laughs> You have to feed the slop to the pollen pigs, you know, all that kind of stuff. Of course, the pollen pigs. The pollen pigs. They're everywhere. They're everywhere. And they they really, the scent gets in your nose and makes you sneeze. (laughs) Incredible. Yeah, I think it's important that you get all of your chores done because uh, it's one of the things getting your chores done is incredibly important to the path of cultivation. Yeah. The the religion that that the majority of people follow here in open fields. Hey, Julia. Hey. I, I would like to take a second and step forward here. Eric talking to Julia. Would you like me to seamlessly integrate this into the plot? Or would you like me to just dump what this religion is on you and just t- show you my notes? You can give me a lore dump later. Let's seamlessly transition into this life. Oh, let me seamlessly. Let me explore the scene, you know? Let's, just, let's explore the scene. Let's see where it goes. Let's explore it together, man. This world that you built, I want to explore it together. Hey, make a perception check for me. All right. Not great. Do I have my current stats too? You have your current stats correct. That's going to be only a six. Only a six. Uh, as you're tending to the pollen pigs, you hear, Oh, I didn't know that they let Calamity talk to the pigs. That's dangerous. The pigs are going to die if Calamity's feeding them. You look up and there are some ruffian bullies from the other farms nearby who, although they're covered in dirt in their overalls and flannels, took some time to leave their, <laughs> to leave their chores to come uh, heckle you. I don't think Amity really responds to that. I think she kind of just turns and goes back to feeding the pollen pigs and making sure that everyone's good for the day because that's how you have to start your day off right. 
Oh, I bet her parents had to look at the feed bag to make sure there was it wasn't poisoned or there weren't bugs in scorpion bugs or, or, or like <laughs> or daffodil scorpions or some other terrible thing. If a pollen pig would eat it, they'd all die. Yeah, I bet that that's what happened. I don't even think they've seen a daffodil scorpion before. What was that? I couldn't hear you respond to our bullying. And, and nor will you. And she, I think she just grabs her bag of feed and heads back towards the house. Hewis, Dewis, Lewis, you get back in. You do your chores. Yes, mama. Yeah, mama. They run back to their Could farm. have also been your papa. We don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you hear over there. If you keep bullying that poor Cassis child, you're going to be strained from the path. And you know what's going to happen? Boom. You're a pollen pig in the next life. That's what happens. Yes, yes, mama, I don't want to be a pollen pig because then calamity will kill will kill me. No, you stop it. I've never killed a pollen pig. You leave that Cassis girl alone. Yes, mama. They run inside and uh, the farmer who's standing kind of at her front door yelling at, uh, yelling at her children looks over at you, doesn't smile, doesn't wave, just takes a second to make sure that no one's bothering you anymore and then comes back inside. I think Amity does give a very hesitant smile and a little wave, regardless of how this person is interacting with them. Mm. Amity, I guess I'm trying to think of what to call you. Cammy, Amity. You can do Amity at this point because that's who uh, who she is. You know. Yeah. She she has not yet become Cammy. So yeah, yeah exactly. Amity, uh, it's time for breakfast. Uh, your ma and pa, whichever, who knows, come in making you breakfast. Just uh, a full. Farmer's breakfast with uh, pollen pig back bacon, and you gotta eat all three eggplant eggs. You of gotta course. do it. I'm a growing tea plant, you know. Yeah, your ma also goes in the fridge and pulls out a big slice of chocolate cake, which was <gasps> left over from your birthday a few days ago. You know what? Let's just have dessert for breakfast. Why not? I okay. <laughs> Gabby's just like. So excited. This is like the greatest day ever. Chores are done. There's cake for breakfast. Incredible. Cammy is fully on board with this. Yo, uh, have you thought about what you want for your birthday, Amity? You know, it's been a few days and before you just said, uh, you just said silence. And we thought of that, you know, we could give you that. But we also wanted to give you something a little more substantial. Is there something you want for your birthday? Um, you know, I, I was... You know how I went over? Oh, I need a I need a kid name. Eric, give me a kid name. Oh, silence. <laughs> si- great. You know how? Uh, you know, a couple of months ago, I went over to Silence's house and we had that little tea party. Oh yeah, we assumed that when you wanted Silence, you wanted to go over to their house, but they said uh, they said uh, that you two weren't friends anymore. But uh, I guess uh, yeah, we could. Do you want a tea party? Uh, no, I, I don't want a tea party. It's just, Silence had this really, really beautiful tea set, and I, I was hoping maybe, maybe I could get one for my birthday. Your mom and your pa look at each other and say, yeah, I think we can make that happen for you. Absolutely. Um, you know, we'll, we'll find some time to, to get our hands on it. You know, maybe we can get something from, uh, if the overstock merchants come through in the next few, in the next few weeks, we'll definitely make sure to grab that for you. Thanks. I, 
it that would be really nice. Yeah, we'll get on. We'll get on it. We'll talk to Cresco Greenfoot, and we'll see what he knows. And uh, we'll do it. You know, uh, you know, Amity. Let's make sure you uh, you finish your breakfast. Make sure to finish the cake. We're uh, we're going over the plot today. We're doing this. There's a special uh, community uh, thing that we're doing all for the the fruit the fruit in hand. Great. This is this is the best day ever. Yeah. It's not for your birthday. It, it, no, it's not. No, no. I, I know, I know. Community outreach is very important, and it's not just about my birthday. Uh, it's just an added bonus. Wonderful. It's, it's path, we're doing path. It's a path event. We're doing path yes. event. Yeah. Hey, why don't you do, you, give me insight or, or history. Do you, I want to know if you know what's going on today. Okay. <laughs> I... <laughs> I rolled another four. I, oh, I recently changed my um, mouse pad out, which is what I usually roll on, and I'm just like, unacceptable now. But with a insight check, that is a whole eight. Okay, a whole eight. Give me another perception check, then. Great. All right, much better. Perception is going to be a 15. Great, great. Okay, so you're not exactly sure what's going on today. I guess you haven't been paying attention. Also with your birthday and just everything going on at the farm. So here's the thing. When you go into a Path of Cultivation event, there's not a a building necessarily. Like what if you're going to a religious ceremony in Hothouse, you're going to a very specific building. You're more going just to a plot that's designated as kind of the meeting place. They call it the plot. So you look over and you look out the window and, you know, the plot is in the same place that it usually is. It's right in the center of town. It's marked off to be large enough for all 361 citizens of Fruit in Hand. But next to it, you see that there is currently um, someone's in a tractor pulling like, uh, I don't know, I, I looked this up because I thought it was really cool. It's on wheels and it like drags lines through soil and drops seeds in it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you've seen one of those? Yeah. I, I looked up the name of it and it was really cool. It's called a seed drill. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. There's also like a handcart version when it, it was invented in, um, like the Chinese invented it in the 20th century and the Babylonians also did it. And it was like, you know, there's a handcart version or pulled by some or an animal, but this, uh, this one is pulled by a tractor and it's kind of like pulled behind it. Cool. But so next to the plot, it seems like there's another plot being put together but you know or you know you don't need the seeds in a plot if it's kind of like a community place so it's kind of next to it uh over there someone seems to be dragging a seed drill next uh in there cool we love to see growth in the open fields we love growth it's good you know what that's called eric what's it called growth oh it's called growth hey that's what all the folks in open fields are just worried they just want to grow yeah they want you to do the right thing yeah all right, Amity. Hey, how long does it take for you to eat your cake? Not very long. Not very long at all. <laughs> you have your. I imagine there's like three eggs, two things of big strips of back bacon, like three different drinks. There's like water and orange juice and also milk. Yeah, you don't know where she puts it, but it's gone. It's gone. It's In gone. like under five minutes, it's gone. Your mom says, uh, "Amity, can you get some fruit for you us to bring to uh, for us to bring to the plot?" Of course, anything special? Uh, no, whatever, anything you like, whatever you think is ripe, your favorite, whatever smells good. Okay. Yeah, uh, you go in the back of your farm. They, you do have a few fruit trees back there. What looks good to you, Amity? Uh, probably. 
probably like some sort of stone fruit, like a peach or a plum or like something like that or whatever the equivalent of uh, Verdistello's peaches and plums are. Hey, they're just peaches and plums. Yes, right. Of course. Of course they are. And it's fine that you're dealing with it. Of course. So I think Avani just kind of plucks a peach from one of the lower branches that seems like it's just about ripe. For sure. Could tell by the heft of the branch how ripe it is. <laughs> yeah, incredible. Give me an arcana check or a nature check, either one. Arcana or nature. They're both good. They're both the same. And it would be a 19. Cool. Do you want this to be arcana or nature? Arcana, I guess. I'm curious as to why the peach is arcana. So let's do it. Arcana for sure. Yeah, you reach up and uh, kind of like the blight that's on your hands it's starting to creep up your fingers and it's creeping towards the fruit as you put your hand on it. You kind of see it like wash forward almost like the tide. But with a 19, I think that you you can pull your hand back before it gets on the fruit. And I think Amity looks at their hand for a second and then kind of slips it into the pocket of their skirt and then grabs the peach with the other hand. Absolutely. Um, also with a 19 Arcana, you look up Listen, you're 13. You're not fully grown. It's still pretty far to see all the way at the top of the tree. Does one of those peaches have a have a nose? I'm sure it's fine. No. 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 It's a trick. That's the trick of the fuzz. Yeah. It's a trick of the fuzz. It's just a weird bump. Weird bump. Weird yeah. bump. All right. Well, you finish up, you gather a few peaches, you finish up. Any other fun stone fruit related hijinks you get into? <laughs> no. no good whatever no, good no hijinks yeah no hijinks no kids jump out and throw we're going to the plot today there's no time for hijinks no no please hijinks. hey amity there's no time for hijinks stop throwing the pits stop know, trying mama. to catch the pits in your mouth or papa i'm sorry i don't know which one's talking either one we sound exactly the same that's why we love each other that's why we love you oh because you don't sound like us but it's all right I mean, that's what being a child is about, right? It's like your parents expect you to sound exactly like them, but then you don't. And like, they're like, I don't know how I feel about that. You're supposed to just be me. No. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Ebony, it's time for the path of cultivation event. Everyone's heading over the plot. You, you look out the window and people are starting to like leave their houses. All of the farms seem to be set in kind of like a, uh, almost like a sunflower, honestly. Like the petals surround, or any type of flower, the petals surrounding the center. I pictured it kind of like in an interesting grid pattern. Yeah. So I'm glad yeah. we're on the same page there. Yeah. It's like, it's not even like a hub and spoke, like a European city. It's like truly like petals inside of like the main town area. Uh, and yeah, you see folks walking forward. Uh, your parents uh, go outside and they stand on side of you on either side. And you, the three of you walk hand in hand towards the plot. Mm-hmm. Are both my parents tea plants? That's a good question. I would ask you that. What do you think? I think maybe my father is. Sure. And then my mom is like a blackberry bush. That's cute. Yeah. Yeah. She's sweet, but thorny. That's why he likes her. Mm-hmm. A little tart sometimes, but that's okay. Yeah. Like It's wild that they sound exactly the same. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes you just find someone, you know, they're from a different background, but you just <laughs> gel so well together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, give me an insight check as y'all walk to the plot. Ooh, nat 20. Mm. I feel like this is going to be bad. <laughs> yeah. It's um, a bad nat 20, I feel like. The three you're walking and like every day, 
for the last five years, you feel the unmistakable chill radiating off of every single person. And with the Nat 20, I would love to just cut quickly to five years ago. Mm -hmm. Little Mm -hmm. Amity, eight years old, running through the woods. What what game are you playing where you're running through the woods? Oh, it's it's just hide and seek, Eric. With the other kids, you know, hide and seek's a classic tried and true child game, and it's somehow better and creepier in the woods. Of course, of course, and you, you gotta hide deeper and deeper in the woods so that all of your friends can't find you. Of course, yeah. You are running full speed through the woods, I guess, in the way that kids do, where like their hands are at their side, but they're running full speed. Oh, I'm Naruto running. Okay, no, not even. <laughs> <laughs> You're Naruto running through the woods because you have no fear in your life, and you burst through the woods, and you're at a clearing and you see a sweet cottage with a white picket fence kind of surrounding a rather large yard and uh, there is a very large wraparound porch and sitting on the wraparound porch in a massive it is both gnarled and shined like someone grabbed it from a tree itself maintaining all of the knobs and holes in it and just turned it into a chair and then buffed it with sandpaper and with with lacquer as much as possible sitting on on that chair is a large like six foot four old rutabago woman with a slouchy hat pulled down over her face and she is lightly snoring in the chair well, this is the perfect place to hide. All right, where are you hiding? So this is how I picture open fields is there's, while there's property lines, everyone leaves their doors open and unlocked. Everyone, it's like, welcome, come on in. I know there's a gate there, but don't even acknowledge the gate. So I think Amity picks up the latch for the gate, lets herself in and goes and is gonna hide underneath the wraparound porch. I'm giving you one chance now. I want you to get out from underneath my porch. I hate kids. I thought you should know better than to hide at Baba Rutabaga's house. But then perseverance will catch me? I'm gonna give you to the count of three. One. I don't think I could physically get out from underneath here in three seconds. Three. Oh. Three, you are walking towards the plot and you're feeling the chill off of every other family that passes you. You get to the plot, and it's in the middle of town. Cresco Greenfoot is setting everybody up in the regular plot. And as you get closer, you realize that the plot with the tractor and the drill and the seed drill, because uh, seed drill is a cool name, and I'm going to keep fucking saying it. Isn't that a Pokemon? (laughs) Who's that Pokemon? It's seed drill. It's bug grass. (laughs) Yeah, you see the tractor pulled over, and the plot is that plot is right next to your plot. Okay. Same size, same dimensions. Cresco Greenfoot. Uh, you know him. He's also, uh, makes, he has a butter farm. Okay. Uh, nearby. He takes all the milks, the almond milks, the oat milks, the, the fern milks, turns into butter and is great. So he does that alongside of his job as Cresco. 
He sets everyone up as everyone kind of stands, either sits or stands in kind of like, you know, loose clumps as, you know, everyone usually does on the plot. Kresker Greenfoot steps up at the front, and Kresker Greenfoot is also, he's actually like a patch of grass. Cool. I don't know if you've ever seen, Julia, like when they lay down turf, but it's just, it's like in a square. He's just a little carpet of grass. He's like a very large, he's like four a four by four carpet of grass. <laughs> so fun. <laughs> and he holds a shovel, his Cresco shovel. He's kind of like ceremonial object, but also you kind of pass it to other folks so that they can, it's like the conch. Lord of the flies. Yeah. yeah. So Cresco Greenfoot says, I see you old English teacher. Hey, oh, hey, hey, hey. He's like, Unfortunately, when things happen in our world, in Vertistello, we have to make choices. Everything about being and walking on the path of cultivation is about making choices. Everything you did yesterday touches on what we do today, and everything you do today touches on what we do tomorrow. And today... We need to do something for us to have a better tomorrow. Families, I want you to step over to the plot here that we've, that we've set up. And everyone, unlike what you usually do in our plots, please make sure each of you are standing in front of a buried seed. There are 361 of them, one for 361 of us. None of us are exempt from what we have to do today. Me, I will be standing here, my family will be standing here, all of us, but we need to do something if we're going to save Verticello from the dried-up cascade. We won't be able to continue as open fields, there won't be any water to water our plants with if the cascade does not come back. So, the time is now. All of us, let's stand in front of our buried seed. Your parents still holding your hands, Amity. Walk you over just to three buried seeds, and you're standing in front of it. Uh, I'm going to give you advantage right now mm -hmm. and make another history check, if you know what's going on. I got an 18. 17 plus 1. Mm. You know why you're here. You're 13. You know what's going on. Crescro Greenfoot says, all right, everyone... Remove your seed on the count of three. One, two, three. And all 361 of you digs your hand into the loam where a seed is buried for each one of you. Amity, you look down at your hand as you move the dirt out of the way. And you look around and people are smiling. Some people are crying and hugging each other. And you see that they have white pumpkin seeds in their hands. Your ma opens her hand and has a white pumpkin seed. Your dad opens his hand and has a white pumpkin seed. You open your hand and you have a pumpkin seed that has been painted black. I... Huh. Eventually start, people start to look over and be like, Calamity has the seed. Calamity has the black seed. I knew what was happening. I knew this would happen. Of course, of course. Again, Calamity has the black seed. I think I look at my parents, and I don't know what to say. Your dad looks away, but your mom can't stop looking at you, and there are tears in her eyes. And she says, That's how we walk the path. If that's what happens, that's what happens. 
You still have a choice, Amity. As Cresco Greenfoot steps forward towards you. And the full, the sun is high in the sky and the full shadow of his four by four <laughs> grass plot hangs over you. It's hard to be almost on the verge of tears and also look at a man that's just a four by four piece of grass. <laughs> true, true. That's why he got chosen as Cresco. It undercuts it. You have a choice, Amity. You can leave now and never come back. Or the path can be hard. And we'll make you. Leave the open fields. Do anything else, but do not come back. The Black Seed says that your roots, and if it chose you, we all know the blight that you've brought here. It touches our soil, it touches the green folk, and it touches the plants, and it must also touch the Cascade. What do you do? I, I don't understand. Did, did I do something wrong? The Cresco steps closer to you. Either leave now, or you have chosen the harder path. <laughs> I think Amity, her fist closes around the Black Seed. And as we've talked about, the way that now Cammy's magic tends to manifest is like watching steam rise from a cup of tea with sunlight streaming through it. So I think that... Sorry, I'm emotional. Hold on. So I think that as she closes her fist, that light and that like little wisps of steam kind of release from it. Mm Mm-hmm. And then when she opens it back up, it is a tiny little like dandelion bumblebee. Sure. In that way that like dandelions are kind of like the spore version of dandelions, the fuzzy little part yeah, of the dandelion. Yeah, yeah, the, the big, the wig bite puffy one. It's like an Adventure Time style bumblebee. It's like the size of a basketball and just kind of like lazily flying around, yeah. And I think that as it kind of lazily flies around, it then splits into multiple bumblebees, into a swarm of these dandelion bumblebees, and they just spread through the crowd and start causing chaos. (laughs) Ah! 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 I'm allergic! I didn't even know! Ah! Ah! And then I think one of them lands on Amity's shoulder and she looks at her parents one more time and then she runs. On the way out of Fruit in Hand, on the front of the sign of the welcoming you into town, it says, welcome to a fruit in hand is worth two in the bush. On the way out, it says, thank you for visiting. We hope this was the right path. Ah, I made you cry. Ah, fuck you. <laughs> fuck you. Fuck you. Hey, it's Amanda. One very cool thing about this episode in particular is that 
I and the other players are listening to this episode at the same time as you. We didn't know what each other was recording because we did it separately. And so I have not heard this episode except for the part that I'm in either. And I think that is pretty amazing. I am enjoying even more than ever listening to this and reacting live with you in our patron-only Discord, which, by the way, you can join and be part of the most hip-hop in place on the internet every single Tuesday at patreon.com slash join the party pod. Now, we are recording this a little bit in advance as we uh, were just at PAX East this past weekend. So I will thank all of our new patrons next time. But in the meantime, if you want to be part of the very special slew of people that I will be thanking next time, join us at patreon.com slash join the party pod. Now, it's been a minute since we have talked about the incredible merch available at jointhepartypod.com slash merch. So I just wanted to give you a little tour of all the stuff that's available. Several of you have asked us where you can get the Campaign 3 theme song, the sea shanty itself, and make it like, I don't know, every single notification sound possible on your phone. Hey, the answer is jointhepartypod.com slash merch, where you can get the Campaign 3 theme for a mere $1, as well as, by the way, uh, the one for the campaign with that fabulous crow cawing at the end, and the other versions of the campaign theme song as well for campaigns two and one, as well as the party campaign soundtrack. So that's the campaign one, all the original music Brandon made for that campaign, and his D&D DIY sound kit with a bunch of like soundscapes and things that you can play out loud for your table or over your remote tabletop while playing with a group. It's incredibly good. Eric has made a ton of adorable phone backgrounds. We have ones from the OTA in Campaign 2. We have a wallpaper bundle of character art from Campaign 1, including Sweet Alonzo and the Fidopolis poster, Oatcake, Tracy and B-Gay do crimes. And we have a number of adorable pins and stickers and Hello My Name Is and My Superpower Is, which people have used at real corporate retreats, by the way, not to mention. We have enamel pins. We have January dice. We have uh, the Mountain Lobster's hat. We have a number of posters, and you know them, you love them, all of the wonderful things Eric has written from No Capes, our D&D reskinning and superhero guide, to our world book for Campaign 2 in Lake Town City, all the way to the More Monsters to Mash Monster of the Week bestiary. There is seriously so much to enjoy. We are so proud of all the stuff we have there. And uh, hey, we may have new stuff coming down the line, but you know what helps us make cool new merch is buying our cool existing merch. Because the more we sell, the more literal room we have in DFTBA's warehouse to make new stuff for you. So whether you are buying it for yourself or a friend, uh, your notebook, your water bottle, your laptop, go to jointhepartypod.com slash merch. This week at Multitude, we have, as always, plenty going on. And did you know that Julia edits Queer Movie Podcast? This is a queer movie watch party hosted by Rowan Ellis and Jazza John. You can join them as they research and rate their way through the queer film canon one genre at a time. From rom-coms to slashers, contemporary cinema to black and white classics, Queer Movie Podcast is a celebration of all things queer on the silver screen. They have new episodes every other Thursday, and you can check them out by searching for Queer Movie Podcast in your podcast app. We are sponsored this week by the great D&T, where I hope several of you have already ordered your tea using the promo code JOINTHEPARTY, which gets you not only 10% off and free shipping, but an exclusive Cami Cassis 
sticker. Now, D&T is a values-driven company focused on selling high-quality tea with exceptional customer service. And I can attest that chatting with Travis and the whole team over there as we were getting this uh, special partnership ready has been an absolute dream. They are the sweetest folks. We got to hang out with them in person at PAX Unplugged a few months back, and they were just amazing. And since they started in 2019, they've gone from a small company scooping tea into paper bags at conventions to now having like barcodes and branded packaging and partnerships with podcasts like us. So, so exciting. Of course, you can check out everything they have to offer from their tumbler to their D20 tea strainer to their fabulous tea mixes under Dark and Chill remains my favorite at dandtea.com. And again, use code JOINTHEPARTY for 10% off free shipping and an exclusive Cami sticker. Go ahead. We promise. Check it out. Finally, this show is also sponsored by BetterHelp. There are a lot of things that make me want to look back at my backstory in a retrospective episode and think about the people that I spent time with and the stuff that motivated me to go on the journey that I am doing today. But you know what? It is scary sometimes to kind of face the great unknown of myself by myself. And so that's why I really appreciate that I get to check in with my therapist each week about the things that are bringing me joy, the things that are challenging, and the stuff I just need help with as I learn stuff about myself and sort of create the map that will lead me to my next couple weeks and months and years. And when I was having trouble finding a therapist in person, especially during early lockdown when I wanted to obviously meet with people remotely, but not all therapists were yet offering that, BetterHelp was a real lifesaver. If you are looking for an easy way to start therapy, consider them. They are convenient, entirely online, and a really easy way to start therapy or give it a try in between other options. Discover your potential with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash join the party today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash join the party. And now let's get back to the show. Hey, Brandon. It's a me. It's Brandio. This time, I'm playing Mario. Yeah. I didn't tell you we're actually changing Overstock to the Mushroom Kingdom. Is that okay oh, for you? Yeah. I actually fucking love that, Eric. That would, <laughs> yeah, fuck the crags. We're doing the Mushroom <laughs> Kingdom instead. Well, it, listen, it's just us, buddy. It's just you and me. Oh, you just want to like hang out and talk about sports or something? <laughs> uh, yes, we will do that for the majority of our, our time here. But I just want to make sure that no one is on the call. Um, Brandon, can you say the secret word? Oh, yeah. Um, kumquat. All right, yeah, we're good. Okay, we're great. set. Great, 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 great. Yeah. So the ships that ride the tide, this like pirate era that started once the Cascade has dried up. Um, the the stuff that we're doing now is like fifty years after the Cascade has dried up. I I've decided to call it ACD after Cascade dried up. <laughs> Yeah. And BCD before Cascade dried up. Are, are you sure it's not ACDC after Cascade dried up? Con- continuous Christ. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think it, you're right. It's ACDC. You're right. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Mm-hmm. De, uh, de blooms, de blooms. Um, Can he electrocuted that elephant in the World's Fair? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Edison electrocuted that elephant just for science. Yeah, that that definitely happened in Overstock. By the way, you fucking know it did. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I just saw this lily pad elephant, and a scientist walked over and electrocuted it. I guess electricity is good. <laughs> uh, but I would love to explore something in Umbi's past with you. 
uh, he's a closed book, so good fucking luck. Oh, good. Oh, wonderful. Good. It's a good thing we talked about this. And so you're just going to be like, I don't know. Umbi wouldn't know. Umbi wouldn't tell that to you. Well, I would love to go back, actually, to before even uh, one ACD. I would love to go back to about, like, six months after the Cascade has started to dry up. Mm. About this time, I think I've explained this a little bit, but I think that, like, this Cascade started drying up, kind of like a, uh, a faucet that's getting more and more clogged. So I think it comes out in spurts or like you know when there's air in a hose and sometimes like a lot of water comes out and then it doesn't yeah so think about this time the cascade is coming down in spurts um so it's not totally dried up but there's definitely a problem it's like a crisis situation happening yes this is a hundred percent a crisis situation because again the cascade is the water source for everything in vertistello you know it's the mouth of all the rivers every single river comes through the cascade and then it goes all the way through and then goes off the edge of the disc world and i think that there's an, an emergency session has been called for the council of overstock and umby is an alderman of a, one of the neighborhoods of overstock Overstock, we've talked about this, like it's kind of divided into, you know, wards if you're from Chicago or New Orleans or just like, you know, uh, districts. Yeah. And districts. Thank you. Districts. And I think that every everyone has like an alderman, which is their like kind of like mini mayor uh, is what I understand from people from Chicago. They tell me and everyone has to come to a session, which is in the capital city of Overstock, the stacked city of Skyreach. Where is Umbi living? And tell me about the district that he represents. I will. Umbi is from the district of Brassica, I think, maybe. Hell yeah. yeah. And it's a pretty like average, I think, town within Overstock. Like it's nothing sort of special, nothing sort of not special about it, like good or bad. Sure. The people that are just kind of like are average citizens, want to live a life, want to try to find the planter in the best way they know how. So I think Umbi was sort of just like quasi unremarkable person in the way that like, you know, the politician from, I don't know, what's a pretty average town in America? No, it's, no, it's like everything is so polarized. It's like, imagine the mayor of like a town in Ohio in like 1959. Exactly. But like take out all the racism. Yes, exactly, exactly, yeah. So just like an average guy who... Everyone around town thought was, you know, qualified enough and kind enough to represent them. Yeah, I like that. I think that there's definitely votes. I think Umbeans maybe had this alderman seat for like a few whatever. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Maybe they vote every three years and Umbeans won a few times in a row. I like the idea that like, especially in Overstock, which is such like a kind of like spiritual vibey place there are still like regular places but like they living in like a vibey area like i imagine like some towns or small cities in like the southwest and i don't want to name states because like arizona is so fucked yeah. in various <laughs> ways like politically in terms of government but like you know in like yeah we live in the desert and people come here and do ayahuasca and you know there's spiritualism and all this stuff and we live in like a weird area but we still have like towns and schools and and right and places and we still have like commerce especially everywhere in overstock has merchants running around everywhere taking the local stuff from one place and doing it somewhere else yeah, you still got to pay taxes, you know? Yeah, exactly. Those seedlings aren't going to propagate themselves, you know? <laughs> I mean, true. 100% true. <laughs> uh, I love the idea of, like, on the on Umby's way out of town, he, like, stops off at his local favorite food place in Nebraska district. Uh, what is that? Oh, you know, he loves a good 
rotisserie shawarma style uh, stop and go kind of place, but it's like it's just like a hot fruit that you slice off. Oh, sure. Pieces of. I love the idea that it's like jackfruit, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. I like like that. a like an or an alpastor set up like it's a jackfruit, but it's mm-hmm. a jackfruit with a little jackfruit, a, a little pineapple on top. Exactly, exactly. And you slice off pieces and just put it in like some sort of, you know, bread thing. No, I, I really like that. I think that you stop off uh what well, hey Brandon, what's this place called? Oh, you know, it's called um Jack's Jackfruit and Jack and Fruit Emporium. Uh, sure, sure. Jack's Jackfruit and Jackfruit Emporium. Yeah. yeah. See, you stop off at Jack's and you pull up. I think there's a car. I mean, you could have some sort of like, if you want like a seahorse instead, like a seaweed <laughs> horse instead. I don't know. I'm not like, you know, I think cars or have whatever sort of vehicles you get around are chill by me. I think not to know but you, but I think. That was fine. I think Umbi for two reasons wouldn't, or maybe has a car, but wouldn't use it very often at least. One, because. He needs to look and wants to put off the vibe of the everyman, right? Because he's, you know, the politician. But two, in Overstock, people like to think, and there's no better time to think than walking around the city. You know? Of course. I like the idea that everyone needs to walk there. Like it's uh even though it's government, it's like a religious pilgrimage, a hundred percent. Yeah. And like if you're it to any function early, then you fucked up because you didn't take enough time to think on the way there, you know? F- Brandon, that's so yeah, that's real. That's a hundred that's very real. <laughs> I love the idea. So you stop you're about to you have your whole backpack set up. Um, you're about to walk. And I think like Brassica is also like not close to the capital city as well. So it's gonna be a long journey. You stop off a jack. And there's a sign in the front that says, none for today, exported all jackfruit plus water shortage equals I'm all out. Signed, Jack and Jack and Jessica and Jackica. (laughs) (laughs) What? No. And I think I'm just going to like knock on the door real quick. Is Jack there? Hey, I told you we don't have any jackfruit. I know, but I just wanted to ask if there was anything I could do for you. Oh, it's Umbi. Oh, oh, Umbi. Sorry, I thought people have been banging on my door all day. Hold I, on. I get it. Your jackfruit's so delicious. I think that uh, Jack is actually a bouquet of lilies. Mm. He has four heads of each of the flowers kind of all bound together, and he has like two arms and two legs. Jack is gorgeous. <laughs> Jack's a hottie, I'll tell you. That's why Jack does so well. Like, uh, Umbi, I uh, thank you. I thought you were going to be out of town already. I'm on the way there, but... I didn't realize it was this bad. This bad is it? Is it really bad? It, it really it's this bad. I mean, you know, we have the expectations that we got to ship out. That's where we make the majority of our money. Uh, you know, from uh, export exporting, and you know the cra- the those Kragish guys. They love jackfruit. They do. They like telling you about it too, huh? They yeah. They always send back a sword for me, saying, "Good job, Jack." <laughs> uh, but you know, the, with the water, it's like I can only have so much jackfruit. I'm running out. All right, thank you. Uh, I'll bring. Where are you going? The... Where, uh, where are you? Where are you going? Well, I'm going to the to the council to the senate. Oh wow! Incredible! Oh wow! Um, you know, just like if I could give you some advice, just as a, as a kind of jackfruit guy to another fruit to another fruit guy. Absolutely. Yeah. Just uh, I listen. You do it all the time, but just uh, you know, stand up for us. Make sure that our voice is heard through through you, you know? The whole point of representative is you are all of our mouths. I will. Uh, is it okay if I share your story? Oh, please. I'd love that. Just uh, make sure I look. Uh, they describe me as incredibly attractive. 
There's no other way to describe you, Jack. <laughs> Incredible. Incredible. All right, Umby, you know, you know, hold on. Jack uh, leaves for a second and then comes back with like a little container. And he opens it up and there's like one portion of jackfruit. Oh, no, I couldn't take that from you. Oh, come on. I eat it all the time. I actually wanted to have something else. I wanted to have a fern cow burger instead. I can't eat this stuff, please. <laughs> Thank you so much. That's so that that touches my my seed, you know? Girl, I, I'm not touching the seed, even if you are an alderman. It's a heart. It's the heart as a seed. You get it, you know. <laughs> no, you know, I got it, I got it, I got it. And he gives you like a ma- a bro hug where he like does the fist on your back. Yeah. <laughs> when he like, hugs you. Hell yeah, and I think that you'd make the pilgrimage, I think that they also call it the pilgrimage, to Skyreach for the emergency council meeting. What do you think about on the way? What, what do you take your time? I feel like you must prepare yourself uh, for what you're going to think about on the way. Yeah, I mean, I think he's thinking about everything, right? He's thinking about water shortage, the food shortage, how that's going to affect his people, but not only his people, but everyone else around Vertistello. He's trying to think of solutions for it. He's trying to think of the most equitable way to divide the current water supply yeah. All of that in relation to what did we do to anger whatever planter exists? Yeah. If there is a planter exists, how do we get to him or them? How do we talk to them? How do we convince them to bring the water back? Yeah. I have two philosophical questions for you then. Mm-hmm. One is, what? Do, where does Umbi think the cascade comes from? Because, like, you know, no one, you can't see where the cascade comes from. I think it's so, you know, I know for any of you have seen... Uh, Niagara Falls or Victoria Falls or any of those really, really big waterfalls. Like, there's so much water moisture that collects because it's such a big waterfall, you can't see the top. What do you, where do you think it comes from? I think it's a bit of a, like a philosophical rhetorical loop thing, right? It's like sure. the water exists because the water existed because the water has always existed. Sure. Could the planter make a waterfall so big even the planter doesn't know where it starts? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's you know, it's like sort of like the big bang where like, you know, once you get past a certain point, the current physics we know don't apply anymore, so it's hard to say what what happened before that. For sure. And the second question is, has Umbi been look thinking about the carvings in the basin of the Cascade and the salmon? I think with the spurts is that some people have started to read it, and it's still dangerous to look at it, but some of the more radical folks have thrown themselves in front of the waterfall to look at the, the thing about the idea of the infinite lake and the witch granting salmon. Oh, totally. I mean, like, that's definitely an option of how to fix this crisis. Like, you know, even though we don't know what it is or where it came from exactly, like, there's no reason why we can't send parties out there. So it's definitely like a a notch in the old option belt. Sure. No, I understand. Incredible. Yeah, I think that this takes you like six, seven days to walk from Brassica to Skyreach. And you can kind of see the massive stacked city, just incredibly tall and brilliant green stretch over the horizon as you go over a hill. Um, And you know that you're like within, you'll get there by the end of the day. You also see as you get closer, and as you go in there, I, I've used the uh, Hanging Gardens of Babylon as a, like a reference point. But as you get closer, yeah, there are like plants everywhere. You've been there before, but just like the sheer size and scope of this place is absolutely wild. Um, and I think as you get closer, you also see that like there's little sprinklers everywhere. I don't. I mean, you lived in LA. Like even during droughts, like didn't people like water their their lawns and stuff like that? And there's always like you know people are still watering the greenery everywhere and keeping it like incredibly lush yeah 
um, Umbi spits on the ground. <laughs> hell yeah, hell yeah, hell yeah. <laughs> All the aldermen start to walk in, and you go into the Overstock Senate room. Inside, I think it, kind of, it does look like a uh, greenhouse. It's definitely not like hothouse-esque, which is very much of what we understand of like, you know, a growing greenhouse where like everything, it's like about the adjustments of the light and like the glass catching the light. This is more like the simulacrum of a, of a greenhouse and just kind of letting the greenery in there run wild because the most important thing are the vines. From the bottom, there's vines stretching like up, I would say, three stories. And that is where the seats of all the aldermen are up in the third story. Cool. And in order for the Senate to start, everyone needs to climb up cool. the, the vines in there. And uh, when it's done or when someone wants to stop listening, they will climb down the vines. Cool. I don't know. Again, for Star Wars, the scene in Andor when what's her name is talking and then everyone turns off their light and leaves is like very similar. They can just climb down. I love that. So I think you, yeah, you get to the Braska vine, you pull up. And I like the idea. It's like, like suspended, almost like in the bower of a tree. Like everyone has like a little desk, that they can, like a chair that they can sit at, which is like propped up in the bowers of like this tree that's at the top of this very incredibly opulent and overgrown greenhouse. I think as he's waiting for the session to start, Umbi is sort of setting down his samples of soil and various materials he can collect along the way there. Hell yeah, dude. Labeling them lovingly. Mm, I like that. And yeah, you see people come in and, you know, they're from all different walks of life. Some people are still dressed in like their walking garb, um, whether it is truly like, you know, more of a like hikers or adventurers outfit or like someone is intentionally, you know, dressed in rags and robes to demonstrate how terrible and hard the pilgrimage was to Skyreach. You also see other people that are draped in like gold and silks uh, that you can only get through the import export of the merchants here specifically in Skyreach uh, maybe, you, maybe you look over and you see someone's chair they've replaced like their desk and chair put out by the senate and it's like been built by the folks over in Hothouse it's like a presidential desk and a big overstuffed chair be like hey that's not, that's not what mine is <laughs> what is the leader of the senate called like is there a speaker yeah I mean there's two options right like you can have the sort of secretarial ceremonial person who's just like facilitating the Senate or you can have an actual like premier or whatever that is the actual like leader. Ooh, a premier is cool. Yeah, let's fucking do a premier. And I think that as everyone files in, you see that there is a uh, a large bee woman walks forward, just kind of draped in gold fabric all around her waist and her wings and her hand, kind of like all, and her head, all just kind of one long piece of fabric that's like fashioned into like this head wrap and dress. And then you hear a herald say, all rise for Premier Goldmarsh. A miss stands up. And in the quiet, you hear him open the corner of the Tupperware container to start eating the jackfruit. <laughs> crickle, 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 crickle. Everyone sit, sit, sit. I've called this emergency session of the Overstock Senate to order. We need to address what is happening with our water supply and what's happening with the Cascade. And immediately everyone starts talking at once. <laughs> <laughs> Are those the rutabagas talking to each other? Yeah, the rutabagas are talking to each other. Peas and carrots, peas and carrots, peas and carrots. <laughs> the peas and carrots are, are leaning over.
over their desks to talk to each other. <laughs> There's just like a buzz from some fly representatives <laughs> that are just around. And I think that eventually, like truly after 10 minutes, like the premiere finally gets everyone settled down. That's why Umbi started eating because he knew it was going to take 10 minutes before no, anyone could actually get a word in. I know. Umbi has finished the whole jackfruit. Yeah. Um, like, does anyone have solutions to what we can do about the cascade? There's like a long moment of silence and someone jumps in and says, well, I think that we should take this opportunity to continue to build up. Let's figure out where the cascade comes from and unblock it. The planter doesn't need unblocking. Maybe they do. She does. Well, I don't know what the planter is. <laughs> Eventually, it's just going to sort itself out. I don't think there's nothing to do. I appreciate that I've gotten the chance to uh, pilgrimage here and show all of you how devout I am, but uh, I think we're going to f- figure it out. What's a salmon? <laughs> do any of our scholars, are they on? Do they know what a salmon is? It sounds great. Um, uh, Premier, have you considered that you're angering the planter with your hedonistic use of water? <sighs> Alderman Umbi. Yes? You've sure, you've taken a ripe moment to accuse me of using too much water. Would you like, I would give you the opportunity to save face and change your tact. I didn't mean specifically you, but clearly Skyreach is using more water than everyone else here combined in a moment of scarcity, which can't be helpful. And uh, I mean, not to change the subject, but have any of your away parties found any evidence of this infinite lake uh, or the salmon? I don't, I don't know that it actually even exists, so I think maybe it's time to, to start rationing. And I think that starts with Skyreach. Uh, hey, make an insight check for me. <laughs> this could be anything. A six? Six. Um, this is a great idea. You're speaking truth to power. I hope it doesn't sting me. That's what the peas and carrots are saying. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh this is going to sting Umby. Alderman Ambi, I understand your concern. What? <laughs> she moves the, she moves the microphone closer to her, to her <laughs> mouth. I understand your concern about rationing water, but uh, but the ca- the Senate needs to show a to show stability in times of emergency. Let's not jump to conclusions. We have solutions and ideas, but not something that would scare the citizens of the citizens of Overstock of what they have put their trust in us to do. We do the thinking. We do the rationalizing so that they can continue to think and philosophize. Premier, with all due respect, the people aren't scared. They know what's happening. And maybe Skyreach needs to set an example for everyone else to follow. Bro, I've talked to my constituents. <laughs> I've talked to my constituents, and they all, they all seem to think that we have it under control, and the greenery of Skyreach is something that makes them happy. Well, Premier and 
sir, uh, respected alderman from the town of uh, Cabbage Town. <laughs> I am Alderman Cabbage, and I represent Cabbage Heights, the richest, <laughs> the richest neighborhood here in Overstock. <laughs> well, res- res- respected premier and fellow alderman Cabbage. Uh, I like that it's just cabbage. It's like it's like you're, it's like you're talking to someone who came over on the fucking Mayflower. Like <laughs> like they, it's like my name is Georgia because that's the last name of my great great grandfather. <laughs> on the way here, I went to uh, to stop off to get some provisions for the road, and uh, my good friend, longtime friend, and provider of. The best jackfruit wraps in all of Overstock. Jack of uh, Jack's Jackfruit and Jackfruit Emporium. I forget the title. <laughs> well, that was it. You got it. He's out of jackfruit. We've exported all we can to, to help maintain our standard of living. But there's not enough water for him to grow his jackfruit. And that's not that's just one example of the hardships faced of the citizens of Overstock. Ah. Uh, they're not stupid. They're not blind. They can see what's happening. It's literally right there. It's a giant waterfall. Uh, make another inside check. Use a good dice this time. There we go. Uh 16 plus 2 for 18. Incredible. Um, with an 18, you can see that some people are starting to climb down. It's vaguely grouped in the Senate by area of overstock. Um, you can see that all of the people in Sky, the representatives from the neighborhoods of Skyreach and from the suburbs of Skyreach uh, are starting to climb down the vine. Alderman Cabbage is fully has slid all the way down uh, his vine. Maybe he stumbled a little bit at the bottom. Yeah, he fell. He fell really He fell really hard. But everyone's like, oh, what a slight. <laughs> and you notice that even as you speak. Premier, again, with all due respect, this is not an either-or solution. I think we should be attacking this thing from all fronts. But, you know, if in the immediate future, the next 15, 20 years, if this is our living situation, then... We need to start somewhere. And I think all of us here as leadership and representative and people who represent our average citizen, we need to start this revolution of rationing. That doesn't mean we can't try to continue to synthesize water with chemicals or whatever. And that doesn't mean we can't try to recycle the water we use for our crops. But it does mean that we need to start from square one, and that's rationing. Alderman Umby, I understand your need to support your citizenry in the district of Brassica. Hey, stop climbing! Stop climbing down! Hey! <laughs> prison cards, prison cards, prison cards. It's just like, just like a, a hive mind of peas who's all one green folk just tumbles down the vine. And they're all, they all have monocles. <laughs> I understand you're representative of the people of Brassica. And maybe this is the rational solution. 
But being a representative means knowing what's best for everyone else, even when they t say that they know what they need. We will keep your ideas under consideration as we, have, as we have our next scheduled Senate meeting. For the time now, let's continue to suggest ideas and possible solutions that can continue to maintain the living that we have here while also solving the problem, solving the water crisis and bringing the cascade back. We don't have another year! Know your place, Alderman! Hope and change! Know, know your place, Alderman! We are now returning to the formal ideation process. We are not, submit, we are not submitting things for yet another few weeks. If you have an issue, please bring it up in, your, in procedure, not spouting it out here on the Senate floor. Hey, well, I, I think we should just wish for the Cascade to come back when we find the salmon! Yeah, that sounds great. Yeah, I'd also wish for to be taller. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> Planter, help us. And with that, Umbi starts to climb down his vine in protest as the rest of the Senate begins to quote unquote ideate, <laughs> which means they bring out the goblets of water and nectar and uh, buffet of food. Just so much wine. There's so much wine. So much wine. Um, and you can see as goblets of dark wine and of sparkling seltzer uh, get poured in each individual alderman's goblets. Umbi, you walk out of the room into the real sun outside in Overstock. I think as the sunbeams hit Umbi's uh, delightfully youthful skin, <laughs> <laughs> he begins the pilgrimage back to... Brassica. And I think on the way with the, you know, six, seven days of thinking, I think he starts to hatch a plan in order to begin a protest. He hopes to get a bunch of other cities, areas, towns involved in. He wants to get people to sign on board, to start rationing, and he hopes that if he can get enough people to start doing it, he can put pressure on the Premier and the Senate in order to enacted as a official plan yeah to bring it to a vote yeah sure. and in the meantime while they don't do that he hopes to stop exporting stuff to Skyreach, like agriculture and food and wine and stuff i like the idea as you're walking back on the long path back to brassica i think that we we get a shot of umby's incredibly youthful face you take one look back and the plants in the stacked city of Skyreach have never been more green Hey, Amanda! It's me! Hello, we're here! I feel like I'm in the principal's office. I feel like I don't know <laughs> what I did wrong, why no one else is here, what I'm going to be doing. No, I'm very excited to be here. We've talked about what we're doing. No, we I know, know what I know, we're I know. doing. I'm still, it's just, it makes me nervous to walk in here and not look at Brandon and Julia as we're recording during the party. I'm like, ooh. Right. Well, let's really make sure that no one is tapping into this recording. Uh, Amanda, can you say the secret word? Sap. Okay, yeah, I think we're okay. We're <laughs> okay, good. thank you. We're good. All right, so we've talked about how the events of the current episode, The Ships That Rise the Tide, this pirate era, started 50 years ago with the Cascade drying mm -hmm. up. I would love to talk about something that happened in Troy's past. Have a 47 ACD? 
Sure. I mean, it wasn't that long ago before Troy, you know, went out on the high seas. He's not like Umby, who's been on the seas for some indeterminate amount of time, as long as he can remember. Who knows? Yeah. No, Troy had a pretty okay life back in the crags and decided to seek more for himself out on the open seas. For sure. Well, I would love to take a moment and go to the crags for a second. Crags, 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 crags. Hey, tell me about the castle of the crags. Yes, the Castle of the Crags is one of those that, from afar, you almost can't even tell it's a castle because it's so built in with the landscape. You know how, like, Icelandic architecture and, like, Scandinavian architecture will be, like, built into, like, a hill with just, like, a little bit of glass peeking out, but there's actually a whole house under there? Yeah, I'm also thinking of Mordor. Yes. When, like, it seems like the castle or the whole city is built into the side of a mountain. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think this is a, you know, glacier shaped or, you know, volcanic ash carved hill, which has a half submerged under the ground and half above ground, just sprawling network of caverns and rooms and thrones and approaches and all kinds of things. And I think because the political dynasty changes over so often, people just like store shit and then die before they can get it (laughs) start secret passages like find new ways in and out constantly like there's no map of the whole thing because everybody's records like burn or get trashed every time the dynasty uh switches over so i love that there's like a hundred a thousand pieces of amber in some catacomb that happened and no one knows where it is because there was a coup where like someone put it that's wild Exactly. And so not uncommon to be like, oh, yeah, have you heard from like Jeremy the Bold recently? Like, nah, I think he fell into someone's wine cellar. Like, he's gone, man. <laughs> like, he's just, you know, you don't you don't hear him anymore. Yeah. Well, speaking of, I first of all, I love this because I think this embodies craggish culture so much. that It's like, no, we use the same castle because it's in an incredible place. Yeah. No one can sneak up from us. The mountain itself and the castle itself are so worthwhile that we're never going to change. No matter who's in charge. We're never going to change it out. Exactly. Yeah. And it's like well defended. It's almost like a, you know, via an isthmus. I don't know. I can't sure. say that word. Like it's on like a peninsula where it's like very well, like someone chose it because it's the best place for a castle to be. And so even if you're a new ruler, who says you're going to be there long enough to, you know, knock down the castle and try again? You'd never do that. It's there. Use it. I think the other thing about it is that it's on the edge of Vertistello. Yes. Vertistello is a disc world and there is an edge of Vertistello. So in a very like, Game of Thronesian sort of way, you can throw people off the mountain into yes, space. I think so. You can't get stuck up on because there's nothing <laughs> behind you. No, if we had someone coming up the edge of the world, that would be a much bigger problem sure, than sure, uh, sure. the the castle defense. Um, but yeah, and I I think you know the mist, the the fine mist of the waters kind of falling off the edge. I imagine it very silently actually of the disc oh, versus I love like the crashing that. of the waterfall. Um, Just water continuing. Yeah, it's like the yeah. cascade starts in the middle right. and it flows all. All the way down through, I think, the major river of yeah. the crags, which again, I can only imagine that there's a craggish outpost of like a house, a house of water crash or something mm. that's at the mouth of the cascade where it's like incredibly dangerous to be. It's like living on the side of like a very powerful part of the Nile of the Amazon. Yeah. And like that's where they live. And of course, then it goes all the way down and ends in this isthmus at 
the, the edge. At the edge. I go, oh, is that what it's called? The I castle? Think. The castle's called the edge. Absolutely. Yeah. The castle's called the edge. It ends at the edge and just falls off the side. That's awesome. Yeah. I think it's quiet. There's quiet mist. And uh, that also means that the castle is covered in algae. Of course. Um, just like a wonderful, mossy, algae maybe like a little bit of like reeds or ferns here and there, almost like covered in the bluish greenish pulsation of new life coming out of rocks which is what the crags are all about i mean unfortunately if this is 47 acd there's not a lot of algae on that thing i think a lot of it has died off and there's even less and less water following off the edge and maybe they dammed it up because they need that water yeah probably once upon a time it was like a beautiful and brilliant green and now all of that has been like dried out and fossilized almost and so it's like brown and gray and not the thriving landscape it used to be yeah i think if we look at the top of a parapet we can see that the craggish flag the royal purple black and whites with the sprout coming out of the, Mm -hmm. the center of the of the v um, we see the craggish flag flying, but below that is the flag of the House of Breakstone. Because who is currently the ruler of the crags at the moment? The r- current ruler of the crags, of course, Eric, it's Hyperion the Haggard. Hyperion the Haggard? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> I guess that's what happens when you do a coup when the cascade is dried up. You are very tired. Yep. Hyperion the Haggard of the House of Breakstone with the Breakstone flag flying. Uh, instead of the white of the V, it's yellow. And the sprout that he's usually just bursting forth from the center is bursting forth from a boulder. Exactly. From a broken rock. That's the, the family Breakstone. Mm. And Troy serves them, not faithfully, but, you know, with a medium amount of uh, enthusiasm because it's just a job, man. Mm. And uh, he can be replaced tomorrow if he uh, dies in service. And that is what Troy is up to in 47 ACD. I love the idea that, like, we, you know, we have this drone shot of the whole cat of the edge and we see the flag and then we turn to the right and we look in through a parapet and inside are nine young green folk snoring loudly. <laughs> Story loudly and dead to the entire world. And yeah. This is like, this is the barrack bunks of the palace guard. Yeah, and Troy is sleeping fully dressed, like you may remember. <laughs> <laughs> He's been doing it for years. He's been doing it for years. Uh, sleeping with uh, not the same crossbow that you see. I think the palace guards carry more like staffs because it sure. requires a lot of, you know, negotiating uneven ground. And they also don't want the guards that well armed because, again, you know, who can say who will be poisoning whose drink or you sure. know, sticking a knife into whose side at any given point. I like the idea that you have slingshots, too. Like, that's yeah. the best you do. You have staffs and slingshots. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So I think He's got a, a slingshot on his belt and his staff is uh, laying next to him in his bunk as he snores, though the wings are also curled up back here because that's where you learn that having a big old delicate surface exposed is a great way to get yourself shot or get your wings moldy, which is hard to come back from. Yeah. Especially because, you know, next to you, there's like a broccoli person. <laughs> there's a broccoli person who has like a big rash all over, the, all over their crown because they w- did not take care of themselves. Aww. Yeah. But you look around and there are nine young green folk, all about the same age as Troy. As, uh, you know, Troy was already a young green folk when we saw him 
three years ago even. So, Yeah, I think Troy's probably just over the age of majority, like just kind of into the workforce age. Sure. Um, the coup happened pretty recently. I think the Breakstones only took over six months ago or so. And so they're just settling in where much like the palace or uh, seat of government in your country here on Earth, there are some staff that stay in between like the, the cooks and the delivery people and, you know, the folks that maintain the grounds, um, the farmers, you know, growing crops for the uh, ruling family, whoever they may be. Mm. But the guards were all new. And so this is like month six of boot camp. Yeah. Oh, yes. And uh, you'll see that it's boot camp because the door to the barracks swings open and a stately looking banana with bruises (laughs) and cuts and a big, big mustache comes in holding a trumpet and blows it in the face of the broccoli. And everyone jumps up. And so some of them start screaming. Yeah, Troy jumps to his feet. I'm awake. I'm awake. Hey, Lefty, you can't yell like that. They're going to yell at you. Attention. Sir. This is the sorriest group of palace guard that I've ever seen in my entire life. And I have seen 55 years of guards folk over 74 ruling families. It is a disgrace. Now, I wish, I wish that Hyperion the Haggard had kept some of the guard from before, instead of just killing all of them outright, that I, Commander Cavendish Hart, would have a better crop of guardsmen to deal with, but instead I have the terrible likes of the nine of you. Troy shifts in his boots. Oh, I'm sorry, Riptide. Did I give you permission to move? Sir, no, sir. Oh, so I, maybe I should talk to you like you are a little lava. I, Commander Hart, sir. Not Cavendish. Not Commander. You, Riptide. Asshole. Sir, Say yes, it sir. again. Sir, yes, sir. I'm an asshole, sir. sir. Commander Hart, sir, I am an asshole, sir. Sir, Commander Hart, sir, I am an asshole, sir. Do you know what we call you, Riptide? Uh, is it Riptide, sir? Commander Hart, sir? Yes, you are Riptide. Do you know why we call you Riptide? Yes, sir, I do, sir. Tell me why. Sir, it's because, um, like a Riptide, I'm, um... I'm chaotic and not useful, and um, I am, I'm there when you don't need me, and when you would find me helpful, I'm not there. <laughs> Underwrap, can you tell me why we call, we call Riptide Riptide? Um, it's because um, he's there when you don't want him and gone when you do. That's right. That is the very specific reason why we say it. And again, I'm I'm very sorry I missed that mumping session. I do session. not want apologies, Riptide. I want you all to get into the showers and put on and put on your uniforms now. I did dress already, sir. That's disgusting. Get out of my sight. Chia. 
All right, now we we are going to montage your day as training in the palace guard underneath Commander Hart. It's good, um, Eric. It's good. good thank stuff. you. Thank you. Yeah, let's. What's some stuff that you do during the day? Well, the climate of the crags is so variable and extreme that we do a lot of like practicing our slingshotting in different kinds of environments and weather like i think no matter whether the wind is still the wind is extreme there's rain there's hail whatever's going on outside we do a lot of like target practice on different inclines from different distances and i think this is what partly results in troy being such a good shot in the future but in the meantime it means that you have to be able to defend against people coming in from the outside no matter what so target practice and uh skirmishes and you know using our like i don't know maybe we use like underwrite berries as uh as ammo instead of uh stones when we practice yeah. but there's a lot of that there's a lot of patrols there's a lot of uh standing in the in the throne room or in the meeting rooms and kind of taking turns guarding hyperion himself i, I like that yeah i mean this is the thing is like the, the nine of you even though you are all incredibly green uh in all of the senses of the word um you <laughs> You are still the palace guard. We put like, you, God, yeah. You are the king, the royal guard here and need to stand in front of Hyperion while you're getting trained. Yes. We that, take turns training and doing patrols and actually being on guard throughout the day. I love the idea of the montage here of whatever sort of like 80s synth pop we have, we have here yeah. is like people are throwing rocks at like dummies that pop up behind a parapet. Yep. And then we cut to like you scrubbing the floor of something. <laughs> and then we cut to like people standing in front of Hyperion the Haggard as as he tries to like acclimate himself to uh, kingmanship. And like here's some like craggish citizen beg for something, like beg for food or for yep. supplies. And he's like, Oh, I don't know. I don't know. No, no, no. And then we got to another training thing where Commander Hart hits all of you in the face with yep. a stick with a staff. Or like has us make our beds and then unmakes it, then has us make it again. Right. And then we cut to you cleaning a bigger floor. Like the entire <laughs> palace floor. Yeah, polishing our boots. He spits on them, repolishing the boots. Yeah. Exactly. And I think and then we see like hype like a bunch of you are standing in front of Hyperion the Haggard. And he, who's fallen asleep in the rocky seat, and like all of you need to prop him up, like weekend at Bernie's, <laughs> and then the commander yells at you. Yeah, and Eric, throughout this training montage, I think there are little wistful moments where like the flutes and oboes pick up in the like score. Oh my god! And you see Troy looking out the window while he's like bored in court, or you know, scrubbing the floor, or a boot, or remaking the bed, or getting the targets over and over and over again, right in the center, such that he like wears a hole through the dummy um, yeah. and looking out toward the sea not toward the edge but toward where the cascade used to be and toward the the center of the world and kind of wondering what's out there and what might be a better use of his time because this soldier in particular he's good at what he does and he is I don't know feels like his talents are, are wasted yeah and, and then I think we cut to three of the Kingsguard on patrol it is you the broccoli with the rash uh, whose nickname is? Rob. Rob. Why is he called Rob? Because it's easy to steal from him because he's not aware at all times? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, uh, there's three lips. Who is a tulip? <laughs> Great. Yeah. 
All of you are in your Kingsguard uniforms, which is kind of just like a glorified knight's armor. It's, again, very medieval, very Game of Thrones here. Yeah, they're all also, like, taken and reused from former dead Kingsguards. Oh, so, sure. Uh, they're all beat up, dude. <laughs> they they're, are, they're like... They're stained with blood. Yeah, they're disgusting. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, we clean them as best we can, but they're definitely stained, and they are, like, marked, and, like, there's divots and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It is a quiet night here on the edge because, again, there's less water. There's, like, nothing moving around. But, of course, as Commander Cavendish Hart says, if you don't hear anything, it's because your royal is getting stabbed. <laughs> fucking look <laughs> look around, please. Look around, you jerks. What do we pay you for? <laughs> you fucking idiots. What are you doing? Sir, you don't pay us. We only get room and board. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. You're going to hit one of the staff. Yep. Yeah. Um, and I think that Troy is once again looking out over where the Cascade used to be, out into, like, the theoretical Great Salt Sea. And Tilop says, So, uh, man, what do you think is really out there on the Great Salt Sea? Adventure, man. I want to be a part of it. What, you don't have enough adventure here? Scrubbing boots and making beds and standing in freaking boring court when people complain that they don't have enough to eat? No. Yeah, but, like, what if something goes down? What, then I I die some unnamed Kingsguard to some ruler that isn't even remembered? Hyperion the Haggard? Come on, man. Well, I mean, that's not so... Th- that's Rob. I don't... That's not so bad. And Rob scratches at his, at his rash. Rob, <laughs> come had- on. You're going to make it worse. Don't touch it. It, it itches. It itches. Okay, wait, wait, wait. And then Troy brings a little, like, bottle out of his pocket and spritzes the top of his head with water. Oh, my God. Thank you. You're oh, my God. Thank you. You got it, man. Uh, I mean, like, you know... That's not so bad as, as royal nicknames go. Remember, like, Jimmy the Unnamed Queen? Didn't even have a name. We didn't even know her name. So we just called her Jimmy. She, yeah. was, she was queen for, like, three seconds. And she was a baby. That's why she wasn't, that's why she wasn't named. No, I know. I know. So, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to get you all down for, for your choices either. It's, it, it's... It's a good life. I just, I don't think it's the life for me, man. And I, I don't want to be distracted and let one of you get hurt or get like yelled at by the big banana and make your lives worse with me being distracted. Like I, I feel it. I, I know. I listen, the target practice is easy to me, but I, yeah, I you're, s- yeah you're a great shot, Troy. Oh, thanks, man. I but love like, you. Thank you. I love you. Spritz, 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 spritz. Oh, I love you. It feels nice, right? It feels so good. It's good to be moisturized. Why don't you talk about that more? <laughs> What? Uh, you're gonna go out there? You're gonna figure out what a salmon is? What? What even is a salmon? And how do you wish on it? Nah, you you tell me. What's a salmon, man? I don't know. Salmon's like pine cone, like a really sure. like a really small pine cone. Yeah. Yeah, it could be. It could be. I don't know. What do you think a salmon is? I think. And how do you wish it? I don't know. Um, I think a salmon is like the the flower that grows up on Rob's head when he needs a haircut. No. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Gotcha. That really was a funny joke. <gasps> Kingsguard. Who the hell are you? Turn around. I think you're standing on like the castle wall and you see three hooded figures have snuck up by the three of you and two of them have uh, daggers at the throat of Rob and Three Lips. Oh shit. Troy grabs a staff, like pokes it forward and takes a step forward. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, a staff. That's so daunting. If only I had some sort of sharpened metal in order to cut it with. 
as, as the hooded figure pulls out a broadsword and, like, slashes at you. I missed both times, so as the figure swings at you, you're able to get your staff up and goes, cling, cling, at the last moment. The end of the staff is definitely pointy. It's like one of those, you know, like sharp knife on a stick. Yeah. Can I try to get the sharp end against their neck? Absolutely. Yeah, just roll to attack for me. Uh, it's only going to be a nine. You try to maneuver your way behind the figure. And again, they just they swing at you with a broadsword and be like, oh, I wish I had a better weapon. Fuck you, I'm in training. <laughs> oh, I guess no one really cares about what the palace guard is doing. You're just, you're so disposable. Like the bark on a tree that molts, or the shell of a bug folk that molts, or the skin of a tomato that you peel off before you make sauce that you could molt. Ew, what's your obsession with molting, man? I don't have an obsession with molting. I have an obsession with wood and power. (laughs) The three three (laughs) figures drop their hoods, and it's three termite ruffians. Oh, my God. Yes. Um, The one close to you has a cut over their left eye. And long hair tied up in kind of like a, a warrior's like bun. We're only the first wave, man. If you get past us, there's dozens of brethren behind us. I don't care. And neither should you. This is the vicious cycle of living on the crags. Yes, the breakstones have it now, but maybe the wood feast, us, the wood feast, will have it next. But then the hard shells, the brackish, the house of orange, the order of the vine. I don't care. I will kill any one of you to have a moment on the rocky seats. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter, and you matter even less. As the main uh, wood feast swings at you again. Yeah. Can I counterattack? It lets you a strength check. Like, you're holding your staff up. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I got a 15? Ugh, I got an 11. Oh, yeah. The main wood feast baddie slices through your staff. Troy's going to let himself fall to the ground. Okay. As his staff uselessly, you know, scatters in two pieces. Yeah, two pieces. It falls off the side of the castle wall. Useless. Um, And he, like, skids back. And Robin and Three Lips are still, like, held by daggers. Do what he he says! We're not ready for this! Oh, my God, man. Have some dignity. No! So Troy shakes his head and, in one fluid movement, grabs a dagger out of his boot and throws it at the main wood feast, saying as he does... My favorite part about wood is that it splits. <laughs> I'll give you advantage because I was tiny yeah, shit. Yeah, thanks. Oh, why am I rolling like dog shit? Ah, uh, it's only a nine. All right, you can roll again because it bounces off of something. Okay, so I have ricochet. When I miss with an attack and don't have disadvantage, I can use my bonus action to re-roll the attack roll. Yeah. So how does it miss and what does it uh, bounce off of? I think the wood feast is so taken aback that I also have a woody repartee that they like move their head back like what did you just say to me and that means (laughs) that the dagger flies right past their face the hilt of it hits against the like low sea wall behind them yeah of the the castle wall exactly and flings backward it bounces back yeah give me another give me another tag come on Oh, 19 plus, oh, thank God, plus three for a 22. With a sickening crunch, the dagger ricochets into the back of the main wood feast head as the green folk falls to the ground. Troy jumps up, one of those cool, like, karate jumps where your arms don't touch the ground, and you just, like, jump up with your back. Oh, yeah, you kick up. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Yeah. thank you. And looks down at the fallen comrade, shaking his head, saying, 
obsidian will beat wood every time, my man. Jesus Christ. While you were saying that cool that cool line, the other two tried to stab your friends, but I rolled a one and a two. Oh, no. <laughs> so Three Lips and Rob finally remember their training <laughs> and throw both of the other goons off of the castle wall. Nice. Thanks, Troy. Maybe we're, I don't know if we're... I, I don't know what we're doing here. We're not we're not here to protect anyone. We're we're nothing. You are something, man, and you are something in training. I'm not going to shame you for being afraid, but got to work through it. You got to imagine what you would do. Wasn't it cool when I said that thing and then killed that guy right in front of you? Yeah, it was really cool. You can do it too, man. We'll we'll work on it. Listen, private lessons, okay? I'll practice coming up from behind you, practice insulting you, and then you can get me to dagger point. All right. Thanks, Troy. I really appreciate it. You're about Troy. Uh, maybe you. Maybe you should be. Uh, you know, King Riptide one day. Oh God, spare me. Sit in that meeting room all day. Nah, man. Yeah. I'd, I'd rather be on the Great Salt Sea. I bet the rocky seat hurts your butt after a while. Right. It looks very uneven and wet. You got always wet. It's always a little bit wet. How? Why is it always wet? I don't know. Man. I don't know why it's wet. I don't know, man. It sucks. But listen, before I go, I'll, I'll make sure you got some daggers of your own, okay? You always got to have one more than they think you do. Well, where are you going? Well, I think I think today solved it. I... I gotta go. I gotta... I gotta be a pirate. I gotta find that salmon. Give it a haircut, man. And bring it back for us. For us. Not for, for these stupid ruling families. Take over. Kill everybody. Fire everybody. Change over time after time. I'm tired of it. Great, it's great life for them and a hard life for us. What the hell is that about? The cracks is more than that. I'm going to find that salmon. I'm going to tell it. Well, I'm going to ask it. I guess wish. Maybe just say something like into its No, you're going to wish it. You're going to wish it. I'm going to wish it. I'm going to wish it. I'm going to wish it. Into its face. I'm going to wish it right into its freaking face. Uh, three lips ambles over to, <laughs> to the main guy that you totally brained and pulls out the dagger and cuts their hand. And Rob cuts his hand and uh, offers the dagger to you. Damn, guys, that's metal. And Troy slices his palm, too. Yeah. A wish for us. A wish for us. A wish for us. Three of you high five. Palace guard for life, man. Palace changes. We never do. Palace guard for life. I'll sing you a song that all green folk know.